Hey everybody, welcome back to Historical Light, an independent Masonic show focused on the historical events and aspects within Freemasonry. As always, I'm your host, Brother Alex Powers, past master of Gardner Lodge, District Deputy 9A, and current director of the Kansas Lodge Research, and super proud to have with us our co-host today, Brother Robert Marshall. Shoot it over to you, brother. Hey guys, uh, Robert Marshall here, still secretary at Waco Lodge, uh, deputy director of the Kansas Lodge of Research. Uh, currently District Deputy Grandmaster at Large of the Grand Lodge of Texas and a member of the Grand Lodge of Texas History Committee. Right on. Well, guys, today you'll notice there's just two of us. A little lonely, but we've got a big topic to talk about. So everyone knows right now, because it's not independent or, you know, special to Kansas. It's not special to Texas. It's going around the entire world. And that is this virus that we got going on. Started in China, has come through, and now we see it affecting the U.S. all the way through. We're going to be talking about that a whole lot, and uh, really because it's living history, and we're seeing it is affecting masonry uh, in major ways. Um, we have quite a few Grand Lodges. We have a list here, and I'm sure it's not an exhaustive list by any means, um, but we have a list here of grand jurisdictions that have either called off Masonic meetings and gatherings altogether for the time being. Um, some have, you know, left it up to the masters um, and so forth. Uh, grand lodges, including ours, have been pushed and shrunk. Um, so just a bunch going on. And uh, it's affecting not just the grand jurisdiction, but down to the individual lodge and uh, how brothers interact in this time. We've got some people on uh, quarantine in their houses and going nuts. So we're just going to kind of cover all that and then tie it in with uh, some history back in the day of obviously not the same exact thing we're dealing with right now, um, but some relating cases uh, that we can tie in. So first off, uh, Brother Robert, how is, how is this whole virus affecting uh, where you're at down there in Texas? Uh, well, um, generally, um, the uh, grocery stores are all raided like they are everywhere else um, yeah uh, you know I, I i i think there's probably a greater sense of uh, uh skepticism in texas uh just by nature of the kinds of people we have here i, I think there's a lot of people who haven't been taking it very seriously because they think it's overblown or it's media hype or uh, something along those lines and uh, well hope, hopefully they end up being right but I'm afraid they're not and uh, who knows what kind of ramifications there will be uh, of them not taking it seriously. Masonically there was kind of a domino effect of events being canceled. Um, I was supposed to be speaking at White Wright Lodge in north central Texas uh, Wednesday uh, then be there at the Grand Lodge of Kansas for a couple of days and then out in West Texas and Abilene on Saturday and, and all of those things are now canceled. Uh, and I've seen lodge after lodge cancel their stated meetings, some of them uh, looking ahead as far as May. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, if, if, if you look at the numbers and, and the types of people who are most at risk, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, for Masonic Lodges to be canceling events. Our, our guys are most at risk. Um, so uh, the Grand Master uh, first sent out a message uh, 
that made it very clear that there were there was going to potentially be some cancellations of events. Uh, uh, did cancel the Grandmaster Conference, uh, a Grandmaster Conference, and uh, and he uh, now has sent out a new notice as of I think it was this morning uh, that no Masonic meetings in Texas of more than fifty people should be taking place. Oh, okay. Uh, and also included uh, language that. Uh, you know, I would say strongly discouraged meetings at all, uh, but he's leaving that up to worshipful masters to decide. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as far as I know, most are choosing to err on the side of caution or canceling any uh, immediately upcoming meetings. Sure. So yeah, uh, Grand Lodge, Kansas. That was that was a bummer for me, man. That was that was a chance for me and you to get to hang out. Obviously, Robert was gonna make his way up to Kansas. Uh, we live just you know a few miles apart, so we don't get to hang out in person too often. But uh, yeah, so Kansas uh, is kind of an odd scenario. They they didn't actually cancel it, but they have shrunk it. So um, the initial plan was to push through, um, but last week or yeah, I guess last week. Uh, the city of Wichita, which we were holding uh, there uh, in the Hyatt Regency Hotel, city of Wichita came out and said uh, no meetings over, I want to say it was 150 or 250. I think it was 250 um, was the was the official number that was put out. And obviously the attendance coming in was supposed to be over that, which there was kind of that skepticism. Well, you know, maybe that many people is not going to show up since we have all these scares. Um, but then they had uh, talk that the mayor there was actually going to lower all the way down to possibly even 50 at the time. So even their backup location, which is the Scottish Riot Cathedral there, um, was shot out of the picture they needed to get out of Wichita. So COA hopped on a uh, important meeting uh, phone call and uh, kind of decided what they were going to do. Um, a lot of us thought they were going to, you know, push it, just postpone it and uh, and hold it as normal. But um, they actually decided to go ahead and hold it same day. So it'll be this Friday, but they're only letting max 50 people in the door. So that's going to be uh, the pertinent Grand Lodge officers have to be there to uh, get voted in and installed. And then the rest of the room is going to be filled with a quorum of sitting masters only. Um, so once they hit 50, door shuts, that's it. Um, so interesting. Uh, I mean, first time in my lifetime uh, this has happened. Um, the only time in Kansas masonry we know that this situation of the 50 or less has happened um, was during World War II, uh, where there's actually a, a group uh, limit put on there of only 50 people or less due to just the threat of attack. So we've only seen this one time in, uh, in Kansas history, but it wasn't for uh, you know, a flu or a virus as we see today. It was due to the war effort. Uh, looking back through the Grand Lodge proceedings. I found one other time, and I want to say it was 1918, um, and that was due to the flu. That it, it wasn't canceled, but it was just it was just pushed a month. It went from February to March. And as me and Robert were talking in the green room, I'm I'm kind of wondering. I got I haven't looked into it that deep, but I'm kind of wondering if. Um, if that's the reason we hold it in March today, if it just got pushed and just kind of remained there, which would be kind of a, a neat, interesting fact. But I think while we're on that topic of Kansas, I, so our grandmaster came out and released a video 
Um, trying to explain that, I think uh, Brother Morrow, Most Worshipful Brother Morrow, did a pretty good job explaining that and uh, being very transparent with the craft and the public. Uh, so I'm going to try to throw that on real quick. And while I'm doing that, kind of uh, what they've done at this time is leave the uh, leave the option of meetings. So he came out and did an edict, and he left the option of meetings up to the sitting masters of lodges. Uh, and just, you know, with kind of the uh, the caution put out there of, you know, if you're not feeling good, if you're elderly, just don't risk it, stay home. But uh, at this time, he's leaving it up to the sitting masters of the lodges. But here's the kicker is obviously we don't know what's going to happen because since that has came out, we see day by day um, stuff's hitting the fan just a little bit progressively more. And so they could at any time put us on, you know, a citywide, statewide lockdown, and we'd have to deal with that, you know, that far overseeds uh, grand jurisdiction by all means. Um, Contrary to many conspiracy theorists' <laughs> belief. Exactly, right? But uh, the other thing we've got in, in the mix is since they are perceiving with Grand Lodge, um, Most Wishful Morrow's edict is actually only valid until Thursday when he's steps out of office. So then we're going to see what our new grandmaster, uh, most worshipful Tony Borum, uh, decides from there. And I, you know, uh, I think he's kind of on the same, uh, thought process I mean, from what I've gathered so far, but obviously, um, that's something we've got to judge day by day. And as we see more and more closings, I don't know which way it's going to go. Uh, he could easily stop meetings in Kansas. Um, and you know, there, there's, ups and downs to that. I, you know, I kind of err on the side of caution. Like you were talking down in, uh, in Texas, you got a got a lot of people that are kind of optimistic about the situation. I, we've definitely seen that here as well. Uh, the last three or four days, you kind of see that turning a bit. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm starting to see more like, oh crap, you know, coming out of people. Yep. Same uh, thing's happening here. I've, I've seen a couple of the guys who express skepticism or, uh, uh, singing a very different tune now, but but there are still quite a few out there who are saying things like, well, it's easy. If you don't feel well, then don't go to lodge. But if if you've yeah. paid attention to the medical experts, then it's pretty clear it's not that easy because you can be contagious without being symptomatic. So yeah, uh, yeah slowly but surely, I think people are starting to take it more and more seriously, thankfully. For sure. So, you know, one of the, one of the sad things for me, uh, I have brother Doc, uh, Doc Kenoki. I, I don't know if he's the oldest guy in our lodge, but he just turned 92. Uh, he's an inspiration to me, man. Uh, 92 years old. He makes me seem like a wimp, I swear. But uh, he called me up the other day and he was just totally bummed out because, you know, his whole life is shutting down. Kind of all the things, you know, geared towards the elderly, which he fills up his time with, uh, they're the first things to cut. So, he called me just all, didn't know what to do with himself saying, you know, he plays a bridge on these couple nights a week and that, that is uh, ended for the foreseeable future. He volunteers at a couple places. They've stopped the volunteer positions and he's like, God, I hope we have lodge. I'm like, I don't know yet. <laughs> you know? I hate to rip that away from you as well. Um, but I guess we'll see what happens. Our, our city master lodge right now would like to, uh, he'd, express his wish to um, keep meetings going if possible, um, but kind of sending that same uh, 
brotherly notice out of, you know, if, if you're not feeling well, please don't attend. If, uh, if you have concern, you're not required to be here by any means. So don't, you know, don't go against your own best judgment. Um, but obviously we're going to see uh, as this continues to uh, kind of get larger and larger as it appears to be, um, we're going to see where that's going to go. So let me, let me queue up this video here and see if I can do a screen share on it. You able to hear that, Robert? Yep. Cool. Hail Mara, Grand Master Kings. As many of you may know, uh, Sedgwick County issued a directive today that limits public assemblies to 250 and less. We have it uh, on good information that other government entities are considering issuing similar directives uh, and dropping that number even to 100 and even maybe 50. Uh, we don't know where this is going to end up. Uh, we have some pretty hefty financial obligations uh, in Wichita to put on the 164th annual communication. Uh, this is uh, making things a little bit difficult. So we had, uh, we've been discussing this all day since it came up. And we had a meeting this evening and the council administration, along with uh, a number of our advisors, um, past grand masters, KMF, have all decided that we will have to um, move the annual communication and very uh, strictly limit the amount of people that can be at this annual communication. So it will no longer be held in Wichita. This is going to be moved to Emporia on Friday the 20th. We're going to start at 1230. Uh, and we're only going to run until about five o'clock. The only business we're going to do is uh, the acceptance of uh, reports, election of Grand Lodge officers, and the installation of Grand Lodge officers. So we're having to limit this a number uh, because of the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19. Um, this is a, a different situation. We haven't had a situation like this since uh, World War II. Um, James Trice, who was a grandmaster in 1945, the federal government limited assemblies to 50 and less. And consequently, that's uh, all we could have at our annual communication then. A uh, very similar situation. It wasn't, wasn't the flu or wasn't the virus. It was, uh, it was uh, war. So we're limiting uh, our attendance to um, sitting masters of lodges and we'll have to limit the number of those. We have to have 25 in attendance uh, to be able to do any business at all. So we will be contacting uh, sitting masters who are already registered. Uh, for those people who are already registered for the 
annual communication. We will start uh, making refunds on Monday. And uh, you'll be able to, I do urge you that if you have hotel reservations in Wichita, that you uh, immediately get those uh, get those canceled. Um, so, um, just uh, most hotels have a 48-hour cancellation policy before your day to check-in. So, this has uh, really, really been a uh, a trying time, and I I, I hope. Uh, all of our brethren are safe. We're concerned about it. In fact, uh, we'll be issuing an edict uh, likely tomorrow that uh, and incoming Grandmaster Tony Borum uh, will continue this as any edict that I put on is only good until Friday. So uh, allowing for the next 60 days uh, for lodge masters not to have meetings if they so choose uh, to protect their members. So bear with us in this very trying time and I hope everyone stays safe and um, hope no one gets ill from this. Thank you very much. Good day. So uh, as you heard there, get my screen back where it was. Um, yeah, obviously, Most Worshipful Morrow is kind of distraught. You know, I, I mean, come on, so much planning and effort goes into uh, uh, these Grand Lodge sessions that we do. And for it to kind of very last minute just fall apart on you, uh, yeah, it's heartbreaking it. Uh, I know for so many Masons, uh, and no matter what jurisdiction you're in, uh, annual communication is awesome because it's brethren from all across the state, plus other states like, you know, Brother Marshall is going to come up and see us, um, plus outside the country, just, you know, a chance to be in one place with all those brothers at one time, uh, something a lot of guys look forward to. Uh, I know at my lodge, uh, we have a new brother, Brother Justin Staley, uh, just fresh got his master mason. He was working hard. Uh, so he could attend Grand Lodge. So, you know, obviously it's kind of a kick in the pants, but it is what it is. I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, you know, people's safety has to come first. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, Robert, you guys, you had your Grand Lodge already, so you're able to make it through. Um, said meetings down there kind of the same way where it's up to the master. Do you think that's going to change in the near future or have you heard anything on that front? Um, if I had heard anything on that front, I would not be able to say I had heard anything on that front. Uh, so let's say I have not heard anything on that front, and I also would not be shocked if uh, there is a formal ban of Masonic activity uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, yeah. But, but you know, the, the leaders of the jurisdiction uh, are, I'm sure, constantly uh, in deliberation over it. Uh, Grandmaster Underwood uh, is probably one of the best guys I've ever met to be in that position. If I was going to trust somebody uh, to make the right decision, whatever that decision is, uh, he, he's he's at the top of the list of guys I'd want to be making it. So, uh, 
he'll he'll make whatever is most likely to be the right decision. Uh, and uh, the seventy thousand plus Masons of Texas really ought to do everything they can to back him. If they think it's a hoax uh, and he bans activity, then they should get behind him uh, for doing what he thought was the right decision. If they think it's the next great Spanish flu uh, and he doesn't cancel meetings, then they should still back him because he was just trying to make the right decision. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's something we were talking about down here just earlier this week. It's in, in those positions in something like this, the crowd seems to be so split of either, you know, out of touch with it, over in touch with it, that it really doesn't matter what decision you make, you're going to go under fire for it. You know, if you cancel meetings, guys are going to be totally upset about it. If you don't, guys are totally upset about it. It's just one of those things where, you know, it's a, uh, it's a servant leadership position and, you know, you don't go into it knowing that, uh, every decision you make is going to be golden because it's not, um, you just, you've got to make the decisions for what you see as the, um, best for the craft as a whole to, uh, keep it proceeding future. Now, I mean, obviously the, the scary thing here, uh, me and my wife were talking about is, this uh, this particular virus, this coronavirus, uh, has seemed to target elderly uh, elderly people, which makes up a mass majority of our Freemasonic population. That's that that's kind of terrifying. I mean, so that's that's where it really comes in um, with the seriousness of some of these grand jurisdictions saying, "Hey, no meetings." Because um, I mean, could you imagine that if we had an outbreak? among older Masonic men, that could cripple lodges, if not grand lodges, in a heartbeat. I mean, we've been talking for years about a decline. We don't need a max exodus all at once, <laughs> by any means. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's scary, man. It is. Sure. I agree. Uh, the average age is somewhere around 68, I think, right now in the country. So, uh, the average age of Masons, I should say. So, yeah. Uh, Freemasonry is certainly at risk. Uh, I mentioned Spanish flu. I actually just ran across something I'd like to share here if I can figure out how. So uh, you see concerned wife looking on, doctor sitting there with a top hat by his feet, and it says, what's the matter with him, doctor? Hmm, he has all the symptoms of the prevailing ailment. He's got the grip. Ah, sakes, that's nothing. He said he'd got that 10 years ago when he come home one night from a Masonic or an Oddfellers meeting, only he didn't take on quite so bad as this. Reckon I'll have to keep him in nights again. Uh, <laughs> so I guess he'd had it. Uh, he, he must have been pretty sore or something coming home from lodge one night and uh, told her he'd gotten the grip. Uh, bit of Spanish flu Masonic humor. There you go. Uh, and hopefully that's the only kind of uh, connection between uh, the current pandemic and Freemasonry is, is jokes like that. It'd be bad oh, news if any of the guys really got it. Until you let the uh, Illuminati conspiracists uh, get a hold of everything, then, you know, <laughs> they like to run wild with it. Yeah, they do. All right. How can I give you... Do you already have the screen back? Nope. Still sharing. There you go. There we go. I'll learn how to use this thing one day. <laughs> so, yeah. Um so obviously we see that it has affected masonry 
all over the place uh, quite heavily. Now, we, we've seen over this last week uh, quite a few Grand Lodge jurisdictions um, deciding to kind of close things down altogether, just uh, as we see, you know, kids' schools and workplaces and stuff quarantining. Um, so are Masonic jurisdictions. So we're going to read through a few of these. Uh, obviously, like I said in the beginning of the episode, uh, it's not an exhaustive list by any means. I haven't done uh, done the homework to go through every single one and keep up to date with it. Uh, it's, it's been insane and, you know, still have a, a day job to go through. But uh, we have a uh, brother here in uh, Ontario, Canada, uh, saying, brethren, due to the rapidly uh, evolving public health advising concern of the novel corona or coronavirus, also named COVID-19, uh, has been decided to cancel all Masonic events and activities for an indefinite period. Uh, that's, that's one I haven't heard just yet. Uh, you know, they've been putting on there a month or, you know, until a certain date or whatever, but this is an indefinite period. I haven't, have you heard anything about the, uh, the ultimate state of the virus in Canada or in the Ontario area? I have not. I, I guess I, there was the general news that they were closing their borders, which was going to kill my uh, upcoming yeah. road trip to Alaska. For sure. <laughs> or make you a uh, Canadian for a while if they close it afterwards. So Just keep me. <laughs> you have to join us from up north. Now you got me wondering if that's not just a, a this, if the whole thing's not just a scheme put together to uh, keep me out of Texas. Right. <laughs> Let's see. We've also got a uh, grand notice here from Commonwealth of Virginia. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing of these, but just kind of want to get to the meat of them. Decision to postpone or reschedule a stated communication for the present time remains the worshipful master's decision. So sounds like uh, Virginia is kind of passing it on the same route, leaving it up to the individual lodges, which, you know, I, I at least last week, I, I agreed with that, you know, when it, when it came out and that's the decision they made in Canada, I still think it's a strong decision, uh, you know, but I'm getting more and more, as I said, especially we're seeing people kind of open their eyes a little bit to what's going on. Um, I am seeing the value to uh, just kind of holding off things for a bit. I mean, it's, it's no fun. I know my kids are, are going nuts. They want to go over to their friend's house and have sleepovers and stuff. And, you know, we've put a halt to that. Um, so this is kind of, you know, masonry is kind of the, uh, the big boys hang out. So <laughs> we're, uh, we're getting the same withdrawals here as our kids are. What else we got here? We've got Grand Lodge of Michigan uh, released a uh, notification here. If the worshipful master is convinced that the population of his lodge who would attend would be at risk of contracting the uh, coronavirus, then he should cancel this month's meeting. Your lodge must conduct at least 10 regular communications throughout the year. So yeah, same, same story there. They're kind of putting it under that, uh, that arm of the worshipful master, which seems to be a kind of a predominant decision. Uh, you know, obviously we ran by the one from uh, Canada there that was, you know, just kind of killed everything indefinitely uh, for the time being. Got one here from Grand Lodge of Oregon, which I, I believe they were one of the ones that uh, likewise kind of killed everything. Uh, 
Here we go. I'm acting today to cancel all meetings which are not absolutely essential through March 31st, 2020, beginning with the currently, stay, or currently scheduled Masonic charges, all Masons are advised to stay home unless they are absolutely needed elsewhere. So Oregon uh, is one of those ones just not messing around. They want to keep everybody in, get them better, and uh, try to get past this thing. Uh, here's one that I saw just scrolling through Facebook, um, Freemasons Hall in uh, Grand Lodge of England. Um, they, they posted a, a flyer here saying to help fight the coronavirus, Freemasons Hall is closed to the public from the 16th of March. Keep an eye on our website to stay informed. So that's another one of those indefinite. They're, they're not going to uh, open up until things are clear. And actually, uh, I got an email, Most Worshipful Bloom, um, saying they're stopping foot traffic uh, to our Grand Lodge building. Mm -hmm. So uh, they you know, still have the staff there. And they said, if uh, there's anything pertinent that you need to drop off, they actually have a little vestibule and uh, kind of a, a, a slide window at the front there. They'll just grab it from you there and kind of send you on their way. They're not going to let anybody in the building, which I agree. I mean, you know, your, your office is uh, very similar to your home in that space. And, you know, the less people you can let in there, um, I think is better. You know, they say this virus is uh, looking to spread in several different ways. Uh, the mm -hmm. air is not a huge manner, but it's, it's been seen to, to be an issue in confined spaces where it kind of hangs around and doesn't have that chance to air out. So, I mean, you don't, you get in the office, it's, uh, it's not good news. You know, something I've found interesting in looking back at uh, connections with the Spanish flu and Freemasonry is that yeah. some of the larger temples around the country in 1918 got converted into infirmaries. So like the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania. Is that uh, right? I found a couple of big temples in Indiana, uh, one in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Actually, the, the one in Asheville, North Carolina looked interesting. I would need to do more research to verify, but uh, a, a quick look seemed to suggest that uh, they were not allowing uh, African-Americans who were sick with the, the flu to go into the regular hospital. So the Masonic Lodge opened itself up as a hospital for African-Americans. Oh, wow. Um, but um, uh, it's, it's interesting to kind of look at it through the lens of, you know, the last time the nation had a, 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 was involved in a major pandemic like this, uh, Freemasonry was thriving. Uh, in, in some ways, it, it was peaking or nearing a, a membership peak and, and uh, organizational health, uh, while the, the general public was suffering uh, a pandemic. So we had the infrastructure and the resources, uh, and of course, the enormous Masonic temples, uh, all available to help deal with the situation. So a lot of red crosses set up inside the Masonic temples. Uh, whereas today, because of, you know, you talked about the decline earlier, uh, I don't know that there really are that many uh, buildings that are in as good a shape as they would need to be to uh, qualify for being a medical facility. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, especially with, you know, just the sheer age on them. Um, you know, that can cause a lot of, uh, of its own concerns when you have people that are already of a you know, a lowered immune or a sickness like that, um, that might mm -hmm. yeah, definitely not be the smartest place to, to put them. And I know we were talking before the show, uh, you brought the fact that Kansas was actually kind of one of the, uh, the center targets um, for that Spanish flu. And, 
you know, found it kind of interesting. Uh, they, they didn't really mention it much in our in our uh, Grand Lodge proceedings. You know, as we mentioned and most worshipful mentioned in his speech there, um, the only other time in Kansas history that we saw uh, Grand Lodge get shrunk down to the, the 50 mark um, was actually for a World War II effort, uh, not for sickness. The only other sickness we saw was, uh, looks like 1919. Um, and they, they pushed it from, you know, February to March and just kind of kept on trucking as normal. And that's, that's really the only, uh, the only listing I found of it, um, in our grand proceedings there. I don't remember reading anything about it, uh, in our lodge minutes. Um, so just kind of an interesting perspective, knowing how big of a deal that was at the time. And well, yeah, and, and and it's strange because where another way that one was different than now is it really targeted young men. So if you were between the yeah. age of 15 and, and 45, you were really at risk for Spanish flu in 1918. I know sure. uh, Camp MacArthur here, the army base in Waco at that time, had over 200 deaths. Uh, and, and, and of course, at, that was important to this lodge because we had a thousand new members at this lodge that year, primarily due to Camp MacArthur. So I'm sure some of those uh, numbers carried over. Uh, but same thing here. I, uh, through a quick look through the minutes, I wasn't finding too many references. I did find quite a few uh, 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 memorials of brothers who had recently passed, but none that specifically mentioned influenza or anything like that. Right. So digging through our uh, our grand annual proceedings from back in the day, we were trying to, you know, obviously we brought up a couple from Kansas here, Spanish flu touched a bunch. Um, we were trying to find some other historical connections um, to tie in with, you know, kind of, obviously it's a different situation, but uh, brothers in our past that have experienced something like what we're experiencing now and kind of gone through those same troubles um, in life and lodge life in a mix. Um, and that Spanish flu uh, epidemic was kind of the biggest one that we found. Um, going through the Kansas uh, proceedings, we found some communications from uh, several different Grand Lodges that, you know, so you can see that. I mean, that was just widespread. Um, Kansas Grand Lodge, like we said, pushed off a month, but we also show in here that uh, Kentucky Grand Lodge, owing to the flu epidemic, was postponing from October to December, pushed out two months there. We show that uh, Ohio, now this was the weird one we were talking about. So Ohio had to push off and then they were trying to meet and they had to have that quorum um, and they couldn't make it. So it just said that they kept opening day after day until the constitutional quorum uh, should attend. So they just weren't having very much luck and just, uh, just kept on trying day after day. <laughs> mm -hmm. Kind of an interesting way to term it, but what happens? We show, uh, looks like West Virginia in 1918 had to call off until December. Doesn't list when their actual original meeting should have been there. But um, so what we can see, you know, through history, um, this isn't the first time that this kind of mass panic, uh, worry, um, sickness has spread and, and Masons have had to deal with this. Um, but this one is definitely interesting. I think in a big perspective, you know, a reason why we're obviously talking about it so much today and maybe didn't hear about it so much back then is just the, uh, 
the mass abundance of media that we have today. And I think that's, you know, why we were talking in the beginning, how some guys were just, uh, or, you know, still are not fully on board with the seriousness. Um, and we see it, you know, on Facebook all day long. And I, you know, I was kind of leaning towards that side in the beginning as well. Uh, you know, media likes to, to push you in that direction, but, um, if it wasn't, it sure seems like it's getting serious now, but, you know, regardless, uh, I've said since the beginning, it's, it's honestly less the virus that I am personally scared of and uh, more the fear in people. Um, that has been the biggest thing that's concerned me. Um, you were talking about the, the shops down in Texas, their uh, stores are pretty bare shelved. Uh, you know, just this weekend we had to go shopping and we were seeing the same thing on Facebook about, you know, the local grocery store was pretty bare. It, it was kind of sad. We had to be strategic not to go and, you know, uh, stockpile, but just to get our standard groceries. Uh, we had to be strategic and get up and actually wait in line for the store to open. Um, like we were trying to get some, you know, exclusive item that just hit the market, but no, we were just trying to get some milk and bread. And the sad thing was we got there at 6 a.m. right when they opened. We got everything we needed. Well, all we thought we did. About 2, 3 p.m. that afternoon, I realized, ah, there's one or two items I need for the week. And uh, we ventured back in. And just between 6 to, it was like 2 p.m., it was empty. I mean, it was like scary empty. And, you know, that's that's the big thing that concerns me is just, you know, people's reaction in that um, you know, what we take for granted of, you know, the everyday luxuries of life that we have, uh, that system that holds that up can crumble real quick um, when those kind of actions are taken. So, you know, as, uh, as they were saying on the press conference and stuff every, uh, you know, last few days, definitely get what you need to get to, you know, keep your family safe. But at the same time, uh, try to keep that in mind that, Acting too uh, too irrationally, too quickly is also not a good thing. Um, Got to have that balance that we talk about in masonry quite often. In uh, looking through the Grand Lodge proceedings, I did find this, which is not specific to, but it there were there was one mention of quote the recent Armageddon. Uh, in, in the 1918 Grand Lodge proceedings. And, and I suspect that could have referred to the flu epidemic or pandemic, or it might have also been a reference to World War I. I don't know. It's hard to figure out which of the two. But uh, that year in Texas, uh, it appears that 1,097 Masons died uh, in the... Uh, mm, yeah. Beautiful imagery in those days. I mean, it's so oh, yeah. powerful imagery. We just don't see it. I mean, we, we've got some great guys that are coming out and emerging now that are bringing that back. But man, we just mm -hmm. do not have that imagery that we used to have. So powerful, so beautiful. I hate to pull from the flu topic, but I do have some uh, new artifacts I could share. Oh, sweet. Uh, we've got uh, from a little bit before the 1918 era, I've been uh, talking about too much. Uh, here is the <laughs> Cotton Palace. Um, I don't know how well you can see that, but I see it pretty uh, good. the Cotton Palace was an event that took place in Waco 
uh, and it was a worldwide event, kind of like a world fair. They released inventions and kings and queens from around the world came. Sure. Um, we've got uh, interesting photographs that came to me from a, a collector antique shop and got in touch with me. Um, th these are uh, childhood and baby photographs uh, of Paul Pison, who was a member of Waco Lodge and a pioneer of the sport of football. He invented the option play uh, and uh, came up with the idea for sending assistant coaches to play them. We now know him as scouts. Um, he, 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 he really developed a number of different ideas uh, for the sport of football. And uh, last but not least, recently I've been traveling around Texas talking about uh, Richard Bach. Uh, he was the grandson of Benjamin Franklin and uh, a charter member of the Grand Lodge of Texas, uh, who in the presentation I've been giving, I, I argue that he was actually extremely important to early Freemasonry in Texas and has been uh, sadly forgotten as a result of political, uh, uh, really a, a sort of political assassination that happened to him during his lifetime and, and in the aftermath. Uh, so he was kind of intentionally erased from the memory uh, of Texas history, uh, although he was uh, uh, witness to some of the most important moments in Texas history. Uh, so. Uh, in researching him, I ran across this and picked it up. It's a signed banknote from July 4th, 1813. And I'm going to try to get it in focus. And it looks like I'm going to fail. Uh, but he signed it down there in his capacity with uh, the state of Pennsylvania at that time. So uh, we've been adding some things here uh, to the uh, uh, Michael Masonic Museum. And uh, I've got this. Uh, this is uh, from the George Washington birthday celebration parade in Laredo from, the, I'm going to guess the 60s or 70s, but just a few weeks ago, I uh, joined um, one of our uh, frequent listeners, uh, Ruben Bassan III. Brother Bassan invited me and another member of Waco Lodge down, uh, as well as my fiance, uh, and we hopped onto a parade float. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was, man, it was a really fun time. And, it, and it's an amazing event, uh, which honestly, maybe we should do a whole episode on it sometime. But just briefly, I'll say it's the largest celebration of George Washington in the world, uh, something like 400,000 people. Uh, and they do this really neat international ceremony where a child in traditional Mexican colonial uh, clothing and a child in, uh, or I guess children, so a boy and a girl uh, in the former and a, and a boy and a girl in traditional American colonial clothing meet at the International Bridge, which is the largest inland port of the United States. Uh, and they embrace in a hug as a sign of international solidarity. Wow. Uh, and it's all in memory of George Washington. So uh, pretty cool event. That is cool stuff, man. Well, on my end, I've been doing some uh, some artifact hunting as well as as always, adding to the little uh, archive behind me here. Uh, coolest thing I found lately uh, is this medallion that I never knew existed. 
Uh, I shared this online, but this is 1906 medallion. I don't know if it's going to get a very focused in there, but it's actually the seal of the Grand Lodge of Kansas. And it looks a lot uh, better than mine did. Yeah, well, looking on the back here, you can tell that there used to be, you know, a ribbon that went up and it probably pinned onto your suit and it would have been a, a breast jewel, but mm -hmm. never even knew this existed and I got it for a steal. So I was really, really pleased to to add that in there. It's a, I mean, the definition off, I can get a, you know, focused pictures is really, really cool. Um, but other than that is, uh, I've been in this kick of, you know, uh, me and Robert with the Lodge of Research, we announced this year we're doing a, and it just ties right in with historical light, obviously, um, starting a new project where we are striving to get all the lodges in Kansas to have their uh, lodge minutes digitally archived. Uh, so we've put together a really cool archival kit that we're gonna be shooting out to the lodges and uh, try to save all their history, uh, get them into a exclusive Kansas Lodge Research uh, database where you, know, you can go in there and search all this lodge history at your fingertips, which will be awesome. So what I've been into lately is kind of recovering some of the lost history all over the internet um, from Kansas, but we got Ben-Hur Lodge here. Still haven't dove into this one yet, but I'm totally wanting to. And Ben-Hur is an active lodge still today. Um, very good lodge. Got some guys there that I know there epic masons uh, but then we have call lodge two really this one i'm pretty confident is not a uh, existing lodge anymore um, but this is call lodge 272 and really um, before i even knew it was a kansas lodge it was just that i don't know the front of that book draw me or drew me in really hardcore that just very well done it's simple but i love it just good stuff <laughs> Robert, you got any final thoughts beyond that? Uh, I, I guess all I uh, really want to say is uh, two things. First, uh, I checked and it looks like the conspiracy theorists have already started to blame coronavirus on Freemasonry uh, <laughs> through Kobe Bryant uh, and uh, a few other strange references. Uh, so that's out there. It's on the internet. So uh, so it must Hopefully be. people who have actual rational uh, minds can see that uh, what we're talking about here, where Grand Lodges across the country in an almost unprecedented way are suspending Masonic activity. Uh, and, in fact, we're scared to death that our members are going to get it and uh, die. So obviously mm -hmm. it is not something we designed or uh, inflicted upon the world. The second thing I'd like to say is... Uh, uh, we are committed to trying to produce extra content uh, in, in the coming weeks and months. Uh, yeah. If you're out there, you're listening, uh, shoot us some ideas, some Masonic history topics you'd like to see us cover. I've, uh, Alex and I both have a few in mind already, uh, but we're going to try to produce some extra content because we know many of you are not going to be able to go to lodge. Uh, and this may be the only way uh, many uh, guys are going to be able to scratch their Masonic itch, so to speak. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, uh, I gave a Masonic lecture in a lodge in Virginia. It was done virtually. Uh, Alex and I have done several of those kinds of educational seminars uh, through either the Kansas Lodge of Research or just independently. Uh, it is something we uh, have the capability to do, and uh, it's 100% possible for 
despite the fact that your lodge may not be allowed to meet right now, if each of your guys can just get onto the internet from the comfort of your own home, we could potentially set up a, a video chat room and uh, provide you with some Masonic education, yeah. uh, Masonic history talks uh, and, and discussion and, and get as close as we can to having a Masonic gathering. Uh, so uh, if, if you guys want that, you'll just have to let us know. Very well said. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, man. I know we, we had chatted about that and that's, it's so true. Um, we've definitely got the means, we've got the will, we've got the passion. Um, you know, it, it's kind of cool that in that sense, a lot of what guys say they're missing in Lodge um, is that educational uh, experience. We don't have to be in a titled setting all the time to have that. There's, there's so much we can do outside of that. And we see that, you know, with the stuff we've been doing, like you said, with uh, Kansas Lodge research and elsewhere, we've had some epic discussions and yeah, let's utilize this time, you know, let's grow. We're Masons. We don't stop. We see blemishes, we go for them and we, uh, we fix and we expand. So yeah, keep that in mind, guys. Let us know what is going on in your mind and where you want to be. Um, are you a Masonic scholar? We want to hear from you. Are you just starting out in that path? Let's make it happen. Let's get together and have a chat. Uh, there's so many ways we can do that. We can do uh, educational panels. We can do small groups. Yeah, I'm free. Robert's free. Let's do it. So guys, hop over to the Masonic Research Group on Facebook for Historical Light. Let us know what you thought about the show. Let us know what you think about this virus and how it's affecting your masonry and your grand jurisdiction and your independent lodge. And more than that, if your lodge has a time period that you are in darkness right now, let us know how we can bring that light to you. With that, as a reminder, hit us up over on Patreon. Give us a hat tip. We'd be much appreciative of that. And we will see you all next time. Keep saving history. See you, brothers.